This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Benjamin Bloom and you are watching or listening, or hopefully both, definitely listening on both counts, uh, to the flagship show available each and every Monday, sometimes a little bit before. So for sometimes entertaining, always informative hour or more or less, make your Monday, uh, of football conversation I should say, make your Monday a Blue Monday. Craig, what's happening? Hey, Ben. Yeah, all good. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, we're sort of reaching that crossover period of cricket and football. So cricket's now coming to an end and football's now starting. So I've got a cricket match. I'm playing a cricket match this afternoon. Last one of the playing. season. A few beers. Yeah. So by the time people are listening or watching this, I could be in a right old mess from a headache perspective and a limbs aching perspective. So, yeah, the sun's supposed to be out now, I think, for the next few days. So... What um, can, uh, what position do you play at cricket? Centre forward, mate. No, no, I know that. That I know you're mugging me off with that. What position do you play? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's normally a well, rather like I did when I played football, a, a stationary statuesque <laughs> fielder, like like I used to be a stationary statuesque centre midfielder. Um, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah, have both. to do it at the actual volume, but cricket appeals always always interests me, especially the ones where the referee is going to do absolutely nothing and the guy's kind of yelling and it all goes a little bit, uh, what does your appeal sound like? Oh, mine's more of a roar rather than anything specific. <laughs> yeah. So every, every bowler has got like an idiosyncratic appeal. You can sort of, they've got signature appeal. It's either a, a how's that or a how is he or a yeah, or just, I, just that's a, the one I like. A, just give me a general, a general growl. At the uh, at the umpire, but as long as he gets the gist of it, yeah. Is it is it a bit like you know um, in the Houses of Parliament where uh, someone agrees with something and they go, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> waving bits, just waving bits of paper at people, yeah. And you, you can see like the Indian boys and the Sri Lankan boys and whatnot. They want to go across language barriers with just a, ah! yeah, which is yeah, always so we- good. 
Yeah, we do the same. It's cross, it's cross like county barriers where we are, though, rather than uh, <laughs> language barriers. Oh, God, don't talk to me about county barriers. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, moving on from that, let me just do a quick couple of plugs. You can obviously follow us on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC. Please subscribe over on YouTube because uh, you can then get involved with our live shows, which we now do sort of midweek, most weeks. Um, uh, and you can ask questions, get involved in the chat on that. Follow on Instagram, Blue Monday Pod team. And we are also on Facebook. For Does anyone still use Facebook? I suppose people do. We're on there at points to it and all of that good stuff. You can also um, support the Blue Monday podcast financially uh, via PayPal, um, ACAST supporter facility, which is um, in the ACAST app, and via Super Chat and Super Sticker over on YouTube. And we thank each and every one of you that has chosen to do so. Um, so, Craig, we were just discussing this before we got recording. It feels a little bit like, in football terms, because of a squished season and sort of two seasons almost joined together and a Euros and the nature of the Ipswich Town close season, it feels like this really is the biggest pause for breath that we've had in quite a long while. So what I'd like to do, Craig, is just take you through the absolute insanity of the past six months and just get a general reflection because things have happened so quickly and things have changed so quickly um, that it feels like quite a good time to do it. So uh, pop yourself back to the 25th of February, where we're just a bunch of depressed fans whose football team hasn't won a big game for about 15 years with an owner that wants out, a manager not doing very well and a team struggling, possibly a tier lower than we should be. Then the following day, Matt Slater and The Athletic go heavy on a takeover story, naming names, not just, quote, an American consortium. On the 27th of February, which beat Doncaster to move eighth place uh, into the table. The following day, Paul Lambert is sacked as <laughs> the manager. And then four or five days later, or actually, depending on leap yearly stuff, three, four days later into March, Paul Cook is named manager. The takeover then stalls, we think, and is then completed about one month later. A week after that, Mark Ashton is named as the new CEO and is going to start after the season has finished on the 1st of June. Meanwhile, on the pitch, the team are well and truly stinking it out. On the 24th of April, um, they complete a, a run of one win in 10, including 3-0 away defeats at Northampton and Wimbledon, dropping to 11th. And pretty much, I know it was mathematically possible with two games to go, but it would have taken Charlton and uh, Blackpool, uh, Portsmouth to basically lose 4-0 for all their remaining games and Ipswich win 4-0 for both of those. Lockdown gets uh, lifted, stadiums open, season starts, team struggling, no win. Deadline day passes and the number is 19 players and an entirely new squad signed. Um, can you just reflect on this <laughs> six months? And in, in 30 seconds, just pray see that, if you will. Yeah, and I was thinking, Craig, and I'm always one for hyperbole, the most significant six months or single period in the club, I'm thinking of the administration in 2003 
and Robson leaving in 82. I can't think of a more significant um, news cycle short term for the club. Um, just get, get your head around those six months for me um, in a couple of minutes, if you can, Craig. Well, yeah, as you say, thing, things have changed so quickly. But, you know, unfortunately, the one thing that hasn't changed particularly quickly are the, are the results um, on, the, on the pitch rather than off the pitch. And as you said about Cook's record, once he did come in, tail end of last year, and, and, and this will be the stick that will be used to beat him with, wasn't it? I think the last end of last year, he played 16 and only won four of those last 16, if you don't include that Accrington game where he was in the stands swearing at their, uh, at their <laughs> right back. Um, but I think that, and that's, depending on how probably between now and Christmas goes, you'll either include those 16 games in his stats to say, crikey, we now haven't won for, or sorry, he's only won four in 21, 25. We only won five in 27. Where happens to be? Or you'll say, as you say, it was a clean slate. As of August, we're starting afresh from then. If he starts winning games, then I'm sure that will be forgotten about last year because you know, we threw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, in terms of significance, again, as you say, the, the Marcus Evans takeover should probably have been an equivalent um, importance, shouldn't it? And and it may well have done if things had gone slightly different and decisions had been made in a, in a different manner. But this this really does feel like a refresh of the club, doesn't it? From from takeover to new manager, um, you know, can you imagine what we'd be like if we still had Evans in charge going into the summer, regardless of who the who the manager was? You know, there's no way in the world that this significance of, of backing would have been handed out to him. Um, there's been there've been questions about whether Cook was their man, but even, even the timings of it of Cook taking over from Lamb, you wouldn't have thought even if this was in the background and, and potentially happening, or even a 50-50, you'd be making a full-time permanent appointment of a manager knowing that there's a possibility that new guys are going to be coming in because it's you know, the most important position in the club. Um, and you would have thought, again, as you say, 19 players signed. That's a blank sheet of paper, isn't it, to a manager? It's not only a blank sheet of paper, at our level, he's been given a blank checkbook as well. And even, you know, half of the division above level blank checkbook to, in terms of being able to get in exactly who he wants, um, regardless of their you know, wages, structure and, and, and cost by the looks of it. So, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy, crazy six months. And, and I, you know, from our perspective, as a fan's perspective, it's been crazy. You know, it's been certainly during the close season window. We're never going to get anything like this again. Yeah, signings every three or four days, rumours every single day, rumours, numerous rumours during each day in terms of who's going to be joining. So let's just hope now that we don't get a transfer window like it and that from now on in, once Mark Ashton has, has spoken about having a, a scouting team in place and a recruitment team in place, that things are now going to be looking more one window, two window, three windows ahead rather than, Christ, we've got no players, let's build a squad from scratch. You know, we'll be supplementing the ones that perhaps haven't worked out with ones that, you know, are taking us to another, a higher level again. So I think for, from from my perspective, off the pitch, it's that, it's that structure that's now in place, isn't it? You've now got a CEO, a COO, um, who's doing all the paperwork for Mark Ashton. You've got um, Leo Neal still around. And just goes to show... You know, I'd, I'd appreciate people have got different views of Leo Neal, but 
you know, he was put into a pretty unenviable position towards the tail end of the Marcus Evans era and that he was wearing so many different hats. And you can see now by virtue of how many people have been brought in to give us a, a probably not a normal structure for a League One club, let's, let's be fair. It's probably a normal structure for a championship size club in terms of having directors of performances and head of sports science and you know the people that work under them to get a proper structure in place off field if you like to hopefully send stand us in good stead if and when we do get up to the next level fingers crossed i think the thing that really blows my mind from what you've just said is when you said oh different rumors every day players coming in you know and two at a time and I forget who the two, but was it Edmondson and Chaplin on the same day? And then you're getting all the way up to the deadline day and Morsi right at the end. And just cast your mind back to even Alan Judge coming and that being the, or James Norwood, that being the one, that's our marquee signing. That is our transfer business for this window. We're going to take the top scorer from Tranmere and bring him in, or we're going to take, um, uh, Judge, who was one of the best players in the championship before a two-year injury haul five years ago. Do you know what I mean? And that was, we would try to get excited about that on the podcast, wouldn't we? And now all of a sudden, it's way more players than we expected and of a higher calibre. I mean, take Connor Chaplin, yeah, who would have, if if we'd made five signings and, I don't know, Three of them were free transfers. One of them was from a lower division. And Connor Chaplin, uh, the championship player of the month for Barnsley in December 2019, would it have been? Yeah. Um, yeah, we would have been, been excited. Market. Yeah, and we would have been excited by by that. So um, <laughs> have, you, have you almost gotten gotten used to it now? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of... Bit of um... Apathy, I suppose, isn't it? It says, "Oh, it's you know, when's the when's the next one coming? When's the next one coming? When's the next one coming?" Sort of thing. And as you and as you rightly say, there has well, we haven't seen these guys play yet, but and there has been a, a pretty much a, an upward curve in terms of the the quality of the players that have that have been brought in. It remains to be seen. And you know, in terms of poor old Hladky, who's come from the division below, maybe we'll we'll see if that one works out. But in the main, the, the the signings, as you say, have been of a high quality. They've either been of very good players from League One rivals, um, Fraser, Burns, Evans, um, or they've been players who have somehow, and I'm I'm still to square this circle, of how we've managed to persuade Chaplin to, to drop down a level, Morsey to drop down a level, um, Edmondson, you know, to drop down a level from the from the Scottish Premier. No, no, I, I agree. Edmondson was decent for Derby, Craig. I think. Yeah. And 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 also I, I was I said before one of the pods is that um one of the either the D three, D four or not the top twenty guys on their pod, they said that Edmondson was a ridiculous signing for this level. You know, having seen him at Oldham and then at Derby and sporadically at Rangers. He's gone from playing Europa League away in Portugal somewhere last year to to playing well, not yet playing, but potentially playing League One for us. So they were very, um, you know, highly, highly regarding that transfer. And, you know, fingers crossed he can become a, a carbon copy of, of Burgess, who who looks like a, a very good signing from my perspective. But I say it's just those ones that we've managed to persuade to drop down. And you've got to hope 
there, there is now a gap, isn't there, between League One and Championship and League One and League Two, as we're seeing from the players that we have recruited from League Two to come up to play for us and the players that we've let go who have managed to get into Championship clubs who aren't you know, maybe getting as many minutes as they, they'd like at the moment. I think there is a bigger gap. So by virtue of that, if you're getting players who are playing constantly and consistently in the Championship to drop down to League One, we've only got to hope and expect that they can raise the level of the team as a whole. I'll try and square your circle. I've written down five things um, as to why those players would come. The, um, and Mark Ashton mentioned this in his interview. One is contacts. And um, two of the things I wrote down, one was Ashton and one was Cook, because there's clear links with certain of the players to A, Ashton, and particularly in the case of Morsi and uh, Chaplin, Evans, etc., with Cook. So first yeah. of all is the contacts. Um, then there's the promise, um, the the sale of the dream. Obviously, the sale of the dream can be mitigated by clauses in contracts to, to get out if the dream turns into a nightmare, of course. But um, there's that. Then there's the cash. Um, and there is a big argument. Um, and us as Ipswich fans are going to have to field a lot of um, not very well put together accusations about <laughs> FFP. Um, and. Uh, I've I've already got some stock answers built up. Uh, what one of them is? Can you tell me Ipswich's turnover for the twenty one twenty two season, please? Before you want to tell me we've busted sixty percent. Oh, you can't because it's not going to be reported until twenty twenty three. So that's normally a good one to to shut it down. But Craig, there's an argument that spend the money in League One because the sanctions are not as harsh as they are in League One than they are in the Championship, where you know, transfer fees and the £13 million loss or, or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the general um, state of um, economic play in the championship, which we always know is, of all the divisions, the one that's most on, a on knife the edge. edge yeah. On the knife edge, exactly, because of its proximity to the Premier League, the parachute payments and the gambles people take. And... Uh, for once, you know, we always talk about us being in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> for once, with a new owner, post-pandemic, championship financial situation, probably in the right place at the right time. And yeah. without, I hope we we come back and replay that in four or five years, Craig, and say we were talking about a possible lightning in the bottle moment that actually really played in our favour. Does that square yeah. your circle a bit more? Yeah, yeah, very possibly does. As you say, in terms, at the end of the day, these guys, regardless of what you sell them, they're not going to be coming to Ipswich for a ridiculously high, high drop, uh, ridiculously high drop in wages, are they? We're going to have to be paying them something along similar lines to what they're currently getting paid. Because at the end of the day, it's their job. They want to retire when they're thirty-four. They need to look after themselves for the subsequent fifty years. So, people like Morsey, people like Edmondson. Um, Evans to a certain extent, Chaplin, we're still going to be paying them a fair wedge. As you say, we don't know how that squares itself at the end of the season. But as Joe pointed out midweek, there is the get out that if needs be, the owners can just, in, they can input their own cash in a liquid form to even things out should they have to. So as you rightly say, it may be that for once, let's I say this hope so for once we're in the right place at the right time you know ITV digital isn't going to collapse just as we're getting relegated etc cetera, etc cetera. um and we've taken we've taken full advantage of it and you you would almost want to be doing this rebuild 
to, to, to some extent in League One rather than in the Championship, where the competition for the signings and the profile of player would be different in such a way that you could really bust yourself because all of these uh, three, you know, a, a three quarters of a million pound player that we're gambling on potentially in League One is a four million pound player in the Championship that you're in competition with three year one parachute teams who will pay them 25 yeah. grand per week. So it's it's and, almost... And, and I think as well, you, you're, not, you're not going to be signing 19 four million pound players in the Championship, are you? You know, you, look, we look are... Look forward to your 100 point deduction for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So as you see, it is the right time. And maybe that's why Cook only won four of his last 16 matches in last year. You know, he was thinking that far ahead to the... For the summer, <laughs> we must stay in League One. Uh, so we had a bit of fun on Twitter yesterday, Craig, and we put out a tweet uh, with emojis. People like emojis, don't they? Um, saying, "What are your reasons to be cheerful? Reasons to be cautious? Key arrival and missing ingredient so far." So um, I'll give you my reason to be cheerful first, and it is just a complete scene change um, in general that my brain on February the 25th, as opposed to my brain today, where I feel like I'm the supporter of a uh, relatively, um, for its level, wealthy club who has a very good squad, a very good manager, and um, we no longer have the owner that had made things so depressing for uh, the previous time. What What is your reason to be cheerful? Um, and I can see written on your shirt there, yeah. Ray, reasons to be cheerful, beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've re- my reasons to be cheerful are, as we said off off air, uh, Buddy Holly, uh, <laughs> Boots, the Bolshoi Ballet, Porridge Oats, Yellow, yellow Socks. Ballet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, we've got deals. Slap, slap and tickle. Yeah. And you probably those. think this is a very odd conversation if you don't know there's some reasons <laughs> to be cheerful part three by injury. Or you're listening, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what's your, re- your reasons to be cheerful, Craig? As you say, it's just, it's just, nice, to, it's just nice to be a supporter of what currently looks like an upwardly mobile club doesn't it you know and it's nice to be the supporter of a club that other fans are looking at throwing <laughs> envy. salty accusations at exactly that yeah it's nice isn't it it's nice to be in this position albeit we're currently in the relegation spots let's not you know let's not dwell on that too much but it's just nice to be surrounded by fans who are all currently in an optimistic positive mood you know, going into the going into what is now the season proper yeah we've got our squad now We've got two-week break now to get them all up to speed. There really is no excuses from here on in. Let's see where it takes us. I know I'm going to get accused of being a Paul Cook apologist again here, but um, yeah, you know the whole starting now, you know when you're getting in trouble when you're a kid. It's like, no, starting now, starting now. Um, look, if if results do pick up from now, people will, as you suggested, say, right, it was then, international break, number one, season 21-22. Six months were done, squad replenished, away you go, starting from now in. And I think, as you suggested, people will um, apologise for the first 22 or whatever it is now, um, league games under Cook, were that to happen. Um, my reason to be cautious, um, Craig, goes back to what we were just saying about the financial situation in the Championship and its impact on League One. Because um, quite simply put, if it's a good thing for us, it's also a good thing for probably six or seven other 
clubs. Frankly, there are bigger clubs than Ipswich Town in League One, like Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland, I think are the two people would particularly pick out. Other big clubs like um, Charlton, uh, Wigan, not historically, but over, over the last 20 years. And what that means is that the relative strength of League One, and uh, someone could come in and say, oh, Ben, you're only saying that because you know nothing about League One because you, you've never really watched it. That may be a reasonable argument. But from where I'm looking at it, the relative strength of League One is high. And yeah. that is my reason to be cautious that uh, you could have a good season and it still not be enough. Yeah. And, and as you say, there are big clubs and also those big clubs have started off far, far better than we have currently. Aren't they? They're sitting at the top of the league, for example. And, right, yeah. And if, and if you look at the bookmakers' odds, we've probably gone from being favourite or joint favourite with Sunderland to be promoted. Even after five games, we're probably now fourth or fifth favourite behind Sunderland, Wednesday, Portsmouth, Rotherham, whoever happens to be up there and sort of solidifying their positions already at this point in time. So that is obviously um, the caution and you know, and, and as you'll go, when we talk about the uh, people's responses to the tweet we put out about key players, etc., you will see that pretty much every one of the responses, I think apart from one, our key player is a player who, regardless of who they chose, we haven't seen play yet. <laughs> yes, I've got, I've got. I'm trying to think of a comeback to that. I don't have one because you're right. Um, yeah. uh, just to quickly defend myself from anything on on Twitter. I judge a uh, big club of which there is not a definition just about <laughs> sort of size, history and, and fan base for those people who want to tell me what Ipswich have won relative to Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland when they've, when they've won it. We're talking about fan bases and if somebody opens an envelope, how many people care? A lot of people care at Sheffield Wednesday and uh, Sunderland. Less people care at Wickham, but they're very good at League One uh, level. No offence to anybody, especially not my own club. Um <laughs> So get out of that, Craig. Um, key arrival, I've got to go for the combination of Mark Ashton and Paul Cook, I think. So I won't go for an actual player. I'll spin it a little bit. Just on the basis that short term, those links to people like Kyle Edwards and Sammy Morsey, for example, can be tracked back to them. And if I'm... Um, and we talk about the Bristol City opinions later. Uh, but mm-hmm. if I'm buying into what Mark Ashton says, which I'm going to until he proves to me that I shouldn't, uh, because I'm a reasonable human being who acts based upon evidence of what somebody's actually doing uh, rather than anything historical. Um, I've just given away my answers to the Bristol City question, haven't I? Um, I think short term, that's really key, um, Ashton and Cook. So who is your key arrival um may, maybe go for a player of beings i've spun the question differently yeah no that's 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 a really really good point actually and i, I hadn't what you're saying about ashton and cook and i hadn't thought of it like that actually I, i'd thought of it in terms of a player but as you rightly say you probably can to the majority of signings or to the majority of our more important signings should we say point them to either a west brom link via ashton or a, a wigan portsmouth link via via cook um and oh, I don't know. Having, having said having said that the the majority the vast vast majority of the responses to the question provided us with a player that we haven't or players that we haven't yet seen I'm going to do the same actually um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go Morsey because you know he's presumably going to come in as club captain he's coming in as club captain 
and he's filling a hole which to all observers looks like is probably the most desperate one that needs to be filled in in that the guy that sits in front of the back four one of the two guys that sits in front of the back four but disrupts play breaks things up gets a foot in whether it be knee high thigh high or 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 ball level can i just say and this is before i knew he was going to sign for us i did my championship review the the red card he got for Borough was a bit of a stiff one, I have to say. Yeah. I didn't see excessive force on that one, but uh, no. what are you going to do? Sorry, continue, Craig. No, 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 you're actually right. And and both managers, Warnock and Mowbray, both came out afterward and said it's not a red. But you could both you could tell they both pretty much said it's not a red, but it's not going to get overturned either. No. Um, unfortunately, um, because as in terms of yeah, so in terms of key key appointments, key. Players, I'd go Morsey, having not seen him play yet, but knowing what type of player he is and seeing the deficiency um, in that midfield, who he replaces remains to be seen. It would be a shame if it's uh, if it's Harper, because I said I've been I've been impressed by Harper given his age and his you know number of games he's played, etc. I think he's he's started started pretty well, although he's faded out of games um, in the second half, and he's not alone in that respect. Um, but I think just for the time being, once Morsey's fit. It'll probably be Evans and Morsey that will just give Cook that however many hundreds of appearances in Championship and League One experience just to get us up and running, I think. Absolutely. Um, missing ingredient was our last one, and I'll, I'll just go for time um, on the basis that um, you can't buy it and we haven't had it yet. And uh, again, it feels like I'm regurgitating Mark Ashton's yeah. post-window uh, interview but most of the questions and issues we're asking now will be answered um in the course of time and i i i i just think that that is the that is the 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 key now let it let it run its course now and and yeah come back and we'll talk later what's your missing ingredient so far then craig yeah no 100 percent. well it's sort of linked to that isn't it and it's a word that we've heard a thousand times so far is just a gel isn't it get this team to gel but (laughs) but as you say and and that was it I thought that was a really good um interview let's not blow too much smoke up the guy's backside but you know Ashton hasn't put a foot wrong yet has he in terms of everything he's done and we'll we'll come across the questions later on but if I think let's see what the results are like in the next half a dozen matches but after each one if it hasn't gone well Everyone just take time to go back to that Mark Ashton interview and spend five minutes, six minutes just listening to him. And and as he says, it's patience now. It's time. We've got the squad in place. Let's see what the the coaching staff and the manager can do with them. Yes, they haven't started off well. Yes, other clubs have signed you know a fair few players themselves and seem to have got off to a a better start than we have. But you know we can only go with what we've got. Let's just give the guys a bit of time and have a grumble if you must. And you know ping us after a match and have a moan and groan midweek and and hey that's why we're here yeah exactly let's but let's keep it away from the the pitch and the the stadium and and the atmosphere absolutely um there you go so that was our um twitter sort of um fun debate yesterday go and check that out at blue monday itfc thank you to all of the people that did reply. I know Craig and I have read all of them. Um, we're not going to read any of those out now, but it was really useful in sort of pulling the responses and seeing where we're going. And I think to Craig's point, the most key one was key arrival, a player we haven't seen play yet. That was the most sort of 
um, common finding and probably the key finding. Uh, Craig, we are going to go to some quitter questions. It's a Sloydian frip, isn't it? Uh, we're going to go to some Twitter questions after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Uh, let's get into these then again at Blue Monday ITFC. And of course, uh, you can ask your questions directly in the live stream in the chat if you want to. A, a more direct approach um, over on YouTube. Um, let's bring uh, a few of these up then. Um, this one's from Tim. International break. Uh, Paul Cook gets to work with the full squad for extra days. Um, will our woeful post-break record improve? Um, can I just spin the question a little bit probably people hate it when i do this because they're like that wasn't what i was asking ben but hey, <laughs> your I'm, own I'm interpretation of their question yeah <laughs> yeah yeah my incorrect interpretation of their question is this more to do with the malaise at the club and that we've just generally not won games over a long long period of time or uh something systemic around international breaks it was, but it was woeful. It is woeful, isn't it? Our record, even under McCarthy, our record coming out of those two-week breaks and under Lambie, it was always a case of, oh, thank God for that. We've now got two weeks. We can put the things right that have been going wrong for the previous few months. You know, when we come back, we'll be all guns blazing. And invariably, we'd end up with a stinking out the place with a performance and, and a loss. And I think it was uh, another guy, I think John said the same thing on Twitter as, as Tim, is that, our recent record coming out of international breaks. But we just got to hope that it's a different manager, it's a different setup, it's different coaches, it's a whole new realm of different players, um, that things will be different. Paul Cook put so much stall in in pre-season. Yeah, since he joined, pretty much the first day he joined, give me one pre-season, give me one transfer window, you know, judge me after that sort of thing. Well, he's had a pre-season, hasn't gone particularly well, but he's now got 
we now know that the squad that we've got now is the squad we're going to have until January. He's got this two weeks. Let's see what him and his his coaching staff can do with them um, in these 14 days. And I say that that may raise another question in terms of the the coaching staff. Annoyingly for us, international breaks tend to be followed by three game weeks as well, don't they? So you don't just stink out for one game. For all three of them, there you go. Uh, this is Adam. Uh, Cook's preferred formation aside, what is your preferred formation starting 11 this squad of full players, uh, all fully fit and not bad? Surely, surely, if you've brought in this guy who does this system and he's done it well and we seem to have recruited players for this system, surely we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And it's got to be, again, time and... I know I'm guilty of it. I'll throw an extra guy in midfield. It's not working in midfield. Uh, but like you said, no, sign the players to fit the system and play the system. Surely he's not going to be changing formation anytime soon, is he? No, I don't think so. It's As you say, it's Cook's formation is fine when it's played well. And as you say, we've purchased the players to play that formation. We've purchased players who have played that formation for this manager before. And... And when it works well, it allows it allows you what? Let's think. You've got two central midfielders who sit, two central defenders, and the goalie, that's five, my arithmetic. It allows you six attacking players, and they are attacking players in this formation. Now, your fullbacks are up near the corner flag. And I don't think there's many other formations that will allow you that many um, attacking players on the pitch and allow them the full reign to attack as well. It just needs, excuse me, it just needs those two central midfielders to do their job properly. I think that's where we've been falling down, taking apart, sorry, taking away set pieces and long throw goals that we've conceded. Those two central midfielders are key to this formation. And now we've got the captain of a Cook's previous teams who's played that position. You've got to hope that that solidifies that central core which allows the others to go. I suppose you you could argue that we could play three at the back. Um, we've got you know three decent central defenders there, at least, that would allow three at the back and one in front maybe to sit, which again allows you um, six attacking players on the pitch. But yeah, as you say, Cook's wedded to this formation. The players he's brought in have, are wedded to the formation. So there's no reason to change it, I don't think. Totally, totally agree with that. And um I strongly believe there's no such thing as an attacking or defensive formation. You can have an attacking philosophy or a defensive philosophy within a, a formation or a team shape. But yeah, if you've got a manager who, um, and I always use Neil Warnock as the example, because he changes formation all the time and sticks a centre back in midfield or whatever. The philosophy is exactly the same, whatever formation he's playing. Three at the back, four, three, three, four, two, three, one. Whatever. That's the way it um, rolls. Uh, FPL Tractor. This looks a very good squad for League One, but are we overestimating the players like we've done in recent seasons? Economists call it optimism bias. Well, first of all, um, I go into every conversation with a football fan assuming optimism bias is going to be within every single thing they say. So probably. But look, I, I would push back against that. I think we have overestimated players before, but um, in terms of the calibre, no, no, we're not here, surely, are we? No. We spoke about it before, didn't we? But as FPL Trek says, you know, optimism bias is what economists call it. Football fans probably call it blind faith, don't they? <laughs> um, Football fans don't know they're doing it in the main, Craig. <laughs> no, no. 
but we no, as you say, we shouldn't we shouldn't be overestimating championship players who are dropping down to League One. You know, we should be expecting championship players who've performed at championship level to be able to more than perform at League One level. And again, as you say, maybe we did in the past overestimate players. Did we overestimate Bishop, Dazelle, Downs? I appreciate um, Downs and Dazelle have gone playing at a high level, um, but as a as a collective as a group, there was there was little concrete evidence you know, to suggest that they could do it on a consistent basis. You know, they'd, they'd had um, seasons in League One and hadn't um, performed on a consistent basis. So, yeah, so maybe we have been um, guilty of it in the past. But as you say, I would suggest that we've got to expect um, that guys dropping down at a, a level can can more than perform at the level we're at. Um, I don't have this question up on the screen. My apologies to... Um, Samuel Haynes, give me a rundown of our departed players. Just thought it'd be worth going in on that. Um, uh, Tyrese tearing it up at Swindon, Dazelle being hauled off in the first half at uh, QPR. Um, can I just speak about Dazelle and Downs quickly, um, mm. Craig, with my championship hat on? So, look, obviously, the headline thing is going to be Andre Dazelle on Sky for QPR, who are very good at the moment, getting substituted after half an hour. I'm not being an apologist again. He was blatantly in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, poor fella then. And I said poor fella on Twitter and a lot of people came, oh, no, not poor fella. He's he's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff you get on Twitter. But that was very much a QPR team with some players out trying a completely new central midfield, um, stinking it out for 40 minutes. And he was the he was the full guy. Um, look, they've got Johansson and Ball. The worrying thing is, Craig, that they played Barbe, who's a left centre-back in midfield in the last game. So it may take a bit of time. Downs is an interesting one, though, because Russ Martin, Mr. Ultra Possession, is at Swansea now. They've got Grimes, who's very good, who we think has a year left on the contract, who we thought might leave um, yeah. with the rest of them. Problem, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, um, rats off the sinking ship at Swansea. Although, to be fair, the Swansea fans are very keen to point out to me that lots of players have gone in. So they've still got Grimes and Fulton there. So it may be a while for both Dazelle and um, Downs. Um, have you got any insight on the, the guys who've gone lower down? I've seen Hawkins' name pop up with a goal for Mansfield once or twice. Um, I think Sears has scored for Colchester, hasn't he? And, uh, Simpson and, and Darber, I suppose, are the, the big yeah. ones to look out for. Yeah, exactly. And and what they've been doing since since they both joined um, Simpson and Darber, so since they joined Swindon and Salford respectively, is they've both played, you know, every game and played ninety minutes of every game, as far as I can see. Um, and you've just got to hope that the and Darber's um, loan spell does to him does for him what Wolfenden's did at Swindon. You know, just play literally playing. Saturday, Tuesday for an entire season at uh, League Two level is is going to do in the world of good. Um, Simpson, as you say, is playing for Swindon. He's playing up front on his own for Swindon, and he's again playing ninety minutes. He played ninety minutes yesterday. He scored the winner in a one nil win a couple of weeks ago. Um, and from what we've seen of him, he's obviously you know, very raw, strong, you know, ox like. Um, striker it'd just be interesting to see if you know fingers crossed again we do go up to championship you know it's unlikely you'd suggest that these guys will come in and start playing for us you know because we'll be looking again at another strata of player won't we but for their own 
you know, personal perspective and their own progression, um, they just got to get games under their belt. And, and it's good that we are as a club now sending these guys out to clubs to get at a decent level to get um, those games, isn't it? You know, rather than sending them to air and, and not getting matches. Poor old Ndaba went and Denis and um, Tristan Nydam went up to Scotland as well and didn't get much of a look in. And then it's a crisis. It's going to be a long old season for you if you're not playing um, matches, having gone out alone to play matches. Um, just a quick one on Dizel. He, it wasn't, it wasn't really much of a sly on him, was it? It was pretty much an admittance that Warburton had, had got it wrong from the start. Um, yeah. and he was just looking yeah. to, he took two players off. It wasn't just Dizel that he, he, he took uh, one of the wingbacks off, didn't he as well? Yeah. Just, just changed that. Just, you know, as you say, wrong place at the wrong time, I think. Um, and just a quick one on Cole, you and Sears. I, I spoke to a couple, I spoke to a couple of Cole, you fans actually in the last week. Um, one of the granddads at my boy's, football team we were watching the match watching the match and just happened to hear him talking about Cole I said oh how are the old um the old Ipswich players doing he said slowly mate they're slow that's all he would tell us he wasn't a huge fan of Sears mm. um he just runs around and doesn't get on the end of much um Chambers he said started okay to be fair he said Chambers I said well he will do you know he'll, he'll just stroll through matches he'll do what he does and you know you won't really notice he's there Skews he says slow stuff down when he plays Judge is is um, suffering from them not having a central striker who can hold the ball up. Basically, they've got Nubel and Sears intermittently playing up front. Um, he just says that Judge just doesn't get a chance to get on the ball facing forward up the pitch. So they're they're you know, I'm in an R ring at the moment. I think about the guys that we've had. Um, I'm actually going to watch Cole. You play when we've got Accrington away, second of October, I think it is. I'm going to watch Cole. You Salford actually, so I'll be able to see oh, um, and Darba. Yeah, hopefully in the flesh. Um, when is that? Second of October, I believe. And we make sure we get you on the show after that one because I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to hear a report. On and obviously, Dobra's Dobra's gone, isn't he? So that'd be really, really interesting to see how Dobra does at Colu. Because mm. um, they were sorry, they were asking me about him, saying, "You know, what's what's you know the morning it got released that we that he was going or WhatsApp from one of my mates saying, oh, what's he like? What's he like?'" I said, "Well, he'll get knocked down. He'll get up. He'll get knocked down. He'll get up. He'll win your free kicks. He'll dribble. He'll be direct." He just needs to add goals and he needs goals and numbers to his games, really. We'll be singing when we're winning. <laughs> I knew that <laughs> was going to come. Yeah, yeah. Um, just quickly on Tyree Simpson. Um, I know Kiefer Moore might be an outlier, but when I'm sure there was plenty of people like me in the away end at Norwich thinking, oh, he's not a player. And then a few years later, he's obviously very good at learning. Um, you know, goes down to Rotherham, comes back up, Barnsley, uh, Bish Bash Bosch, Cardiff. Euros and to all intents and purposes, all the Cardiff fans are telling me, "Oh, our window's been good because we didn't sell Kiefer Moore to Wolves in the Premier League for seven million quid or whatever." So you never, you never, never know with a with a young player going out on loan, right? I think you've calmed me enough for me to answer the Bristol City question um, now. Uh, so this is Mullet. Can we read anything into Bristol City fans' grievances with Ashton? Uh, by the way, Mullet, you've called them Bristol fans. They'll have grievances with with that as well. They're very prickly about not adding the city on there. Uh, given his actions so far and the fact they had a Lansdowne, not a consortium running things, I'm sceptical their ire is entirely fair. So, look, this has been doing my head in, Craig, because obviously I'm in the unenviable position of being an Ipswich fan but covering the championship. So I speak to lots of Bristol City fans who seem to want to line up and tell me how terrible and how awful... Mark Ashton is like I'm the one that's hired him and I should be ashamed of myself and I'm going to 
hell in a handbasket with my football club. Um, to which I've had various responses. Um, first of all, any of them that personally insult him or whatever snake nonsense can't be bothered. Ignore ignore those ones. That's not that's not on. Um, there are some that want to present an argument. Um, and there are some that put very strange arguments, um, uh, you know, blaming him for players getting injured, blaming him for um, not signing Chris Hewton and then signing Dean Holden, despite the fact Chris Hewton's currently bottom of the championship with um, with Forrest. Um, and there are those that just seem very angry and very bitter and um, and I'm not. This is not all Bristol City fans, by the way. I'm not saying that at all. Um, and it does come across he is somewhat of a lightning rod. My response, Craig, is um, it's a little bit like. Um, so look, I want to watch Cruella Deville on Disney because they've reduced the price now, right? So I want to <laughs> watch that with Shaley, right? You've already seen Cruella Deville or what with Emma Stone in it or whatever her name is, and. You phone me up 25 times and say, Ben, you don't want to watch Cruella. It's rubbish. Absolutely terrible. All right, Craig, thanks. You call me again 10 minutes later. Uh, it's, it's really, really bad. I'm like, Craig, I'm not learning anything new from what you're saying. Can I just watch the movie first? Yeah. See whether it's good or bad. Let me judge. And then we'll have, then we'll have a conversation. I'm starting to say to Bristol City fans, I hear you. You think mm. he's awful. We get it. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you're not letting me watch the movie to have my own my own judgment on it. So I I do think some of the ire is ridiculous, and we're not saying all Bristol City fans are personally insulting. Some of them are, and it's not it's not good. But can we just let it play out? Now it's it's almost like me you're dating my ex, and me telling you you shouldn't date my. Why do I care? That's that's exactly what it's like. And I, I wrote that down when Mallet. I think Olimar as well were just having a little conversation about it. It's quite a good thread about it. It's like a jilted lover, isn't it? He's left them for us, and now they are desperate, so desperate for him to fail. And it's pretty much every um, tweet the club puts out with, a, with either an Ashton quote or an Ashton interview, they're replying to it, and they're on TWTD, coming on, just coming on to another fan's forum just to say, oh, here's my two penneth on uh, Mark Ashton. Well, we don't care. We simply don't care. He's one, and, and, and as you say, I don't know the reasons behind it. We don't. You know, get that involved with other clubs' um, administration uh, level um, decisions, but you won CEO of the year, and that you you did that really good interview, didn't you? Was it Gregor? Um, Gregor McGregor, yeah, Gregor McGregor. Yeah. Is he Scottish by any chance? Um, he's but he's not. <laughs> he's not. He, he must have. He must have um, heritage, though. Yeah. Sorry, go on. But that that was a great interview, wasn't it? And he gave a very very balanced um, view from a you know. A, a journalist perspective as to what Mark Ashton will do for you and what good he'd done for them and that what good he'd done behind the scenes that the, that the fans don't necessarily care about or or get full visibility of but again as you say we can only judge from what we see and what he does for our club and it has been from what I can tell a hundred percent positive in terms of the the signings in terms of the amount of work that must go on behind the scenes to get these deals over the line, I don't think you can really you know, even begin to imagine. And, and fair dues to, to um, the chap he brought in. Is it Luke um, Wareham? I think he brought in to do like the, the, the paperwork and the administration side of things behind the scenes. 
they must these guys must have been working their backsides off for the past month. Imagine six moving weeks. house nineteen times in four months or whatever. Yeah. And doing yeah. doing that level of paperwork. No, I I totally agree. And look, it's it's like we're we're being credited with no self-awareness. If we're sat here at the end of the season, Ipswich have finished 16th or whatever. We'll say it's not been a good season and it's not been successful. Um, but that won't be by virtue of Mark Ashton, though, will it? It won't be Mark Ashton's <laughs> fault that we're yeah. that we're there. You know, he's come in and he's got a feel for the place. He says, "Yeah, I've come in the stadium. It looks bedraggled. It looks dated. You know, I'm going to do something about it. Just give me time. Let's get the window over and done with first. Then we'll move on to other stuff." He's come in and said, "There's no recruitment um, department here. It needs to be." objective it needs to be subjective it needs to be data driven etc again give me until christmas and i'll see what i can do in terms of that the fan engagement you know the the i appreciate maybe coming out like the coach call you friendly and going across the the crowd and you know clapping everyone because that might be a bit too much but we've been starved of this engagement with anyone at a level at our club and now we've got it and it's quite interesting actually is that the owners and, and the American guys, they've been quiet, haven't they? You haven't heard a whisper from them since football started. Yeah, since like the, the transfer window and now the football started, you don't hear from them. Whereas before, when it was, you know, here's us, this is what we're like, you know, welcome guys, we'll see what we can do. Fantastic. And they've they've now taken a back step. Mark Ashton's come to the fore and good. You know, he's saying everything we want to hear. He's he's now the um the focal point of of the club and we've got nothing bad to say about the guy currently and i don't really understand at what point we will have bad things to say you know they, they were what the bristol fans saying that oh he had too much of a say in recruitment or he had as you say poor um appointment with the manager well let's see what happens when we come the to that is, the points is mates um bad injury yeah. record but you know lots and lots of stuff but um, and again, look, Bristol City is an excellent club. And up until a couple of seasons ago, I would be citing Brentford as the best recruiters in the championship. That's pretty unarguable, isn't it? And then Bristol City fans would be very pleased to hear me say, oh, and by the way, Bristol City are not far behind for buying and selling. And what I do sense, Craig, is something that we can relate to very much is this frustration of being in the championship without parachute payments and not quite having that that lightning in a bottle that Sheffield United did with Chris Wilder without them or whatever, where you have this innovative tactical thing or whatever and not quite, you know, reaching and reaching. And you're like, no, we're hitting the glass ceiling here. We're yeah. sixth under McCarthy and we just, I don't know how we're going to get in three more teams come down with, with the year one parachute payment every year. And I think perhaps there's... Um, a little bit of that um, yeah. frustration that we had that they've got because they were climbing, climbing, climbing. And just last season, it just dropped off and they had a bad managerial hire. And all of a sudden, they didn't have a Lloyd Kelly or an Adam Webster or a Bobby Reid or a Josh. I mean, this is the players I'm reeling off and the money they've made from certainly Josh Brownhill, Aidan Flynn. Um, it, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's a bad season they had last season and they're trying to... There you go. I've, I've said enough. And look, we respect Bristol City as a good football club, one that uh, certainly up until last season, all Ipswich fans were looking at, especially if they visited the stadium and saying, oh, we'd like a bit of that. This this looks like what we should be trying to do. So this is not a disrespect towards Bristol City. Anyway, 
I, I've said enough. You can see I'm particularly vexatious about this subject, Craig, having been, um, like you said, approached about it way too many times. And it feels like I'm refusing to talk about it now when I'm talking to Bristol City fans. But it is. I've heard you talk to me in a year's time now. I, I get it. Move on. Um, anyway, sorry. Rant, rant, rant. Uh, let's try and... Um, We've got five or six minutes, Craig. Let's try and do a few more of these. Jonathan, on paper, a great set of new players, but uh, will they make a team given we have no scouting uh, team? So less strategy behind selecting them. More who we can get uh, with contacts, management have thoughts. It's probably a little bit of truth in in that they've got who they know and, and who they can get. How much of a bad thing that turns out to be, I don't know. What, what say you? Yeah, well, sort of going to Jonathan's point, if... If you're scouting, if if the lack of a scouting team leads to less cohesion, the way you get around that is by recruiting players that you've worked with in the past and have worked within the system who therefore don't need as much, hopefully, as much coaching to, you know, learn learn the system. You've already you're already buying players um who've all played together under under Paul Cook. Even going back to the goalkeeper now, who's played under Paul Cook. Um and as you said when you referred to Ashton's interview um post window it's now patience isn't it and the time that is needed and it's tricky for fans um and it remains to be seen how patient owners are you know because we don't know you know we we spoke about this before in one of the pods it's it may end up that the, the fans are more patient than um than the owners are but reversing that christ almighty there can't be a manager in english football and you can probably back me up here in terms of the championship there can't be a manager in english football in the last two or three months who's been backed as blindly as Paul Cook has. He's been entrusted with rebuilding the entire squad from scratch. I can think of Nuno Wolves in 2017, but that was George Mendes doing all of that. And do you remember Gary Rowett at Stoke in 2018? They spent a ton of money and then fired him in about <laughs> uh, in about december so I'm, I'm struggling to yeah i'm struggling to think um, what interesting actually ben sorry just just what will okay. be interesting is is as and when um cook does leave um for whatever reason it'll be interesting to see if if we're in a position um like uh, swansea were you know with gary monk etc is just it's having a structure and a system in place from a club's perspective that you're then feeding managers into that you have a fair idea will work. You know, you're not having to rebuild every two years from scratch and then wait to see how it then progresses. It'd be nice to get to a point whereby the structure's in place, you're feeding in a manager or a coach who's going to work with it and hopefully take you forward. Totally agree. And we do accept the horrible scenario that if you buy players wedded to a certain manager and that certain manager ceases to manage your club, that that would be a problem. Um, But if they're high caliber players, as we think they are, then in theory, they should be able to work with others. Um, Alistair, were Walton Morsi panic buyers in reaction to issues on the pitch so far? I mean, that depends on your definition of a panic buy. When I think of a panic buy, I think of Ulrich Le Pen where your team is stinking, stinking it out. Um, you probably don't need the the player, but you just want to sign someone. So um, so the goalkeeper's not doing very well, so they've brought in another goalkeeper. That sounds sensible rather than panic. And Morsi, I think, is one that they probably wanted to get. And um, maybe it went later and later and later. And in the end, Warnock, who's done a bit of a gamble, actually, at Middlesbrough by letting people like Saville and Morsi go out so he can, um, you know, actually retool and have a pop at 
age 72, 73, with not many, <laughs> not many years of management presumably left to go. So um, it depends on the definition of panic buy, doesn't it? Um, I, I, I would, I would suggest suggest not. What, what do you think, Craig? Yeah, and and as I think Steve um, Steve Clark said in response to Alistair's message, is that the panic buys were the useless loan signings that Paul Lambert made back in January, or the last two Januarys, really. Um, they're panic buys when you get to January, you think crisis all falling down, got no money, let's just get let's just get bodies in. We need bodies just to hope that we'll just chuck stuff what in the, the air. Name? I can't even remember the name of the Preston midfielder who got red carded. I yes, even... yes. Um, ha, ha, start with an H, didn't it? Um, <laughs> got no the guy, idea. The guy, the guy who kicked out the stands at, uh, at Swindon, wasn't it? I can't, Josh Harrop. Harrop, there you go. Sorry, go on. Yeah, well, that just, that tells its own story, doesn't it? Christ almighty, it, what a... Yeah, what a signing that was. But that's a panic buy, isn't it? It's, it's just a body. Let's just get a body in. Yeah. As, you, as you said about Le Pen, just get a body in. Um, it's an interesting one, actually. The goalkeeper is an interesting one. Had had Hladke not... Well, well done. You know, thank you. Had he not <laughs> spilt the ball, had he not looked like a, as nervous as a kitten in the first few matches, I can't imagine we'd have signed um, Walton. You know, cause we'd but have does been that immediately not. conflate to being panic, though? Um. A little bit, I guess. Yeah, it's well. Let, let's you know, Dave's not here, but it's probably li- a little bit of both, isn't it? In, in, <laughs> I love that. In terms that it's, it's an it's. W- w- me, I think Rich and I and Ben, and, sorry, Rich and I and Joe and I spoke midweek. You don't want to be going into now getting to January with that suspicion in the back of your head that maybe this guy in goal, pretty pivotal position, that's can't disagree about that, isn't quite up to it. You know, let's get in. If, if, you're, if the opportunity's there to sign a guy that's already played for me 80 times in League One and the Championship and has played 40 games in the Championship two years ago, let's just get him in. Yeah, let's get him in. Let's worry about how it... The Andy Marshall and Paul Gerrard, yeah? You try, you try, you try. It's not working. Who's yeah. this experienced guy? I used to have an Oldham 10 years ago or whatever. Get get him in. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. But, and as you say, Morsey, we, we, we heard about Morsey in May, June time, that they're going to really try and get this guy. And you've well, and we were, Craig, we were putting two and two together as soon as Cook came <laughs> and looking at old players and thinking, we've got no hope of getting Morsi. He went he went out in the administration. He's in the first team for Middlesbrough all the time. So anyway, sorry to cut you off. We're coming up an hour. I want to get, you might have to give a five-second answer to a couple of these questions. Um, uh, Alex, if we agree Morsi is key to balancing the team and protecting the defence, what is the plan for coping when he's injured and or and or suspended, hopefully um, he doesn't become that vital. But um, we will get suspensions with Mr. Morsi. Yeah, yeah, we'll just have to muddle by, won't we? Like, like we have done, and hopefully by the time that he's in the team and bedded in the team and is subsequently getting suspended, yeah, the the the, the functioning team is is functioning better than it is currently. And you'll probably go back to. Well, Carol, Carol might be cross. We haven't even mentioned Carol, who's oh, stop it. Yeah, yeah. championship player, you know, and he'll be up to speed fully and, and slot in if needed. Uh, it, I, Josh Harrop is not the only player I forget that has been signed by Ipswich. And there's, <laughs> there's plenty at the moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, he came as well. well that's, that's, he? It, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Is that as a whole, as a, as a collective, as a, as a fan base, we've all got to get to know these, not just their names, but, you know, what they're like, what they're like as players, what they're like as people, what they're like, how they perform under certain situations. We're all, we're all learning together. We are. Um, James, 
Will we get out of this division? Not asking for certainty, just the percentage. So I'm at, I'm somewhere between 65 and 75 on that, Craig. Where are you? Are you really? Um, yeah. Beginning of the season, I'd have been 80, 90% sure that we were going to finish top top two. Now, the way, seeing the way other teams have started and seeing what a head start, seeing what a head start we've given them, 50-50 probably. I'd, I'd say I would hope that we'll now get into the playoffs. Um, whereas before, I would hope that we would be finishing top two. I'm now hopeful that we're hoping that we should be getting into the playoffs. Um, so I say 50-50. If you look at the bookmakers, they're probably putting us I don't know, 20, 30%, I'd have thought. It's all traffic, isn't it? All yeah, traffic, exactly. Traffic yeah. in the way. Yeah, there we go. Um, Chris, last one. Uh, keeping the squad happy will be a real issue. There'll be players who came here guaranteed a match every week. Hopefully they weren't. Uh, uh, who now aren't going to get that. Do you know of other teams in the Championship or League One in recent years who had the same problem? How did they cope? Um, pass on the other teams, but the only way you cope with a big squad is winning, isn't it, surely? Yeah. But you know, as Chris says, keeping the squad happy, it's 100% going to be the issue, not the issue, but it's going to be the skill of the backroom staff, the skill of the manager. And I can't imagine, if you've been sold um, the idea that you know this is a brand new team being put together, we're going to progress through the leagues, we're putting a core of a team together. If you're joining, whether you're joining in May, June, like um, Wes Burns did, or whether you're joining 31st of August, like Morsey did, um, you've got to come in expecting there to be competition. You're not coming into a into a team that's looking to win promotion, thinking that we're having we're having 11 first team players. Um, Joe Joe did a bit on um, recently for one of the um, bet sites. I can't think what it was. We retweeted it recently, but he said we've brought in 19 first team players. They've all got an argument for being a first team player. Um, and the ones who've been brought in subsequently come in knowing that so and so's potentially fighting for them for them in their place. But these are professional footballers, you know, it's, and they're professional footballers looking to win promotion. They're not going to be expecting to be the only the only gig in town. They're very confident, very competitive people. These sportsmen types. Yeah. They assume that it will be them getting the shirt. And um, yeah, in some ways, us mere mortals struggle to um, relate to the mentality of an elite sportsman, don't we? Yeah, and as you, and as you say, if they're winning your argument for being in the team ahead of the guy who's in the team that's winning sort of diminishes somewhat, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, you, you it know, does, yeah. The argument's going to be if the team are losing and the same team's getting picked every week, Lee Evans, is that, and, and you're not coming into the team, that's when, that's when you're going to have prickly, um, prickly players around. But, you know, if you, if you play well, you keep the shirt. There you go. We'll be in trouble, Craig. We've gone over the hour. Um, my apologies to those people who open a podcast and if it's over an hour, they're like, nah, can't be asked with that. Too long. Too long. But if you like um, Joe Rogan and four-hour podcasts or things <laughs> of that nature, you'll probably enjoy this one. A uh, quick couple of plugs. Again, that is the wrong button I've just pressed. You'll only see that if you watch on YouTube, so I don't know why I mentioned it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC. Subscribe over on YouTube. We should um, be – I don't know whether we'll get a live Q&A out this midweek. It might be next um, midweek, although that's a three-game week, isn't it? I'm not sure. We'll figure that out. Um, but do subscribe on YouTube for – uh, when that show inevitably does happen, Instagram. And those supporter features, again, uh, you, we've got PayPal where you can uh, do a regular donation there. ACAST supporter, uh, YouTube uh, super chat. Uh, we're not asking a lot, just if you can um, 
If you've enjoyed our content over the last six or seven years, it just helps. We have to pay for the StreamYard thing to, to do this and um, various other administrative things. We're not looking to get rich. We just um, just like it to cost us less than it does at the moment. So um, there we go. If you feel like you can help out with that, that would be great. Any last words from uh, you, Craig? Um, just one. Patience. Need a little patience. <laughs> uh, listen, take that. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, uh, Craig? Uh, I'm at Fims75. At Fims75. You can find me at Benjamin Bloom. Um, but more importantly, follow all the podcast stuff. And we will return um, with the probably with the pre match show. And then we're back into the grind again Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening. Say goodbye, Craig. See ya. And it's a see ya from me. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.